Hello and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we revel and celebrate romanticism through incredible people doing some incredible things. Hello, I am so happy and I'm still not over Kei Kwan winning uh, Best Supporting Actor and Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress for Everything Everywhere All at Once. You, If you haven't watched it by now, you should. How dare you? How dare you commit such an atrocity against the art community? Uh, but that's just me. Hi. I'm Trey, uh, and I am joined by my co-host, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi. The look, the look on Emily's face is like, wow. Wow, because I am that committing that atrocity right now, because I have not seen this movie, but I want to, and um, now I feel really bad. Thank you. Hey, hey. Turnabout is fair play. You made me feel bad about the uh, Lord of the Rings. I get to turn around oh. and do that same thing. Okay, valid. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, but you know who doesn't make me feel bad at all? Our guest, our guest tonight. Uh, oh. Would you do the Would you do the honor of introducing our fantastic guest for this evening? Yes, tonight we have the amazing Leon Johnson, who is a fine art photographer. Who I I love his work, and he's also an educator. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present Leon Johnson. Thank you for yeah. joining. Da, da, da. Us. <laughs> Dun, da, da, da. I like that. Thank, Thank you so you for much for the wonderful introduction. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm really excited to get into is really to talk about more in depth about your photography itself. Um, but for our audience at home, can you um, tell a little bit about how you got into photography? Um, kind of what are you doing now? Uh, just a little bit of a bio about yourself. Sure. I'm originally from Washington, from Washington D.C., and I am currently in my st starting my third career. I think um, I started out as a mechanical engineer, working oh, wow. for uh, the government and a private uh, a private company for a while. I decided I wanted to do something different. I joined the military, and I've been a translator of Arabic for about 21 years. That's and so, so cool. I, yeah, I've, I'm currently in active duty military and I'm retiring from the military this year. And so I think that's really pertinent because there are a lot of people, I think, definitely who maybe they think that they are in the, you know, that they're stuck in one career. But I mean, I, I definitely use my quote unquote off time to to follow one of my passions and which is photography. And how did I find this um, this passion? I was at a conference. It was like a science fiction and fantasy convention, an East Coast one, Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's lots of cosplay and, you know, lots of great books and things like that. And so I had a friend who was a professional photographer and he went away to do a photo shoot. And I was like, wow, I wonder what that is like. <clears throat> so the next month I had a friend who I, you know, said, hey, let's do a photo shoot. And we did a photo shoot. And that was in 2015. That was like October 2015. And from there, I, I kind of started out by photographing cosplay because, you know, I knew that they were really interesting, visually interesting people. And also they're an, interest, they're an interesting culture of people as well. <laughs> um, I then kind of moved on to photographing portraits. And I think that in the beginning, like, you know, once I decided I wanted to try to make a business out of it, I realized that most cosplayers have no money. <laughs> they they kind of keep their money and they use it to create their 
cosplays and to get to the next con. So uh, lo and behold, um, I started doing my own photography and uh, getting into my style. I think that I've always been influenced by like popular culture, uh, by art, by different things out there. And so I think what really drew me and so, I, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s. So I'm thinking like, you know, if you can think about like the old Clash of the Titans, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Dragon Slayer, all great movies. And all of them like had like some, you know, had a damsel in distress wearing a white dress or something like that. <laughs> so I think that and also very recently or at that time recently, the HBO series Rome was a great influence. And like I just I saw that series and I loved the costumes and I loved like how the people looked. And I was like, wow, that's something that I would like to capture. A uh, big challenge for that is that I didn't have any of the costumes that they had. Um, pretty much people, I'm, I'm in the South, so people have like jeans and t-shirts or shorts and t-shirts in their closets. And I kind of started like collecting my own uh, wardrobe so that I could so that I could shoot what I wanted to shoot. And I think it was kind of like from there, it was like, I wouldn't say that was all she wrote, but definitely that was the beginning. Cool. Okay, I just I just have to say what it never it never ceases to amaze me the kind of artists that we get on the show and we ask like oh how did you get to be an artist and they have this incredible backstory of just what feels like a one eighty shift. Right. I for one I would like to echo our comments here and say thank you for your service. Okay, um, thank you. Two, I would like to say congratulations on retiring. Um, and congratulations on finding a third career. That is like, that is phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Congrats. And yay. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that you got started in cosplay. That's so cool. Yeah. I got started in cosplay. Um, you know, I, I'm a big science fiction and fantasy nerd. I'm, I'm a nerd in, in many ways. I'm a language nerd. Um, I think that part of my personality is learning about people and cultures. And so that drives, that drove me into become wanting to be a linguist and a translator and, you know, an overall language nerd. But it also drove me into photography because I think that through photography, we make connections with people and we also have a chance. Yes, nerds unite. Uh, we, we, uh, we are able to connect with people individual people and i i think that in many ways i live vicariously through the people who i photograph and i think i'm a little i'm i'm somewhat empathic in the sense that um many times of uh, photography is a vehicle for helping people through what some of the things that they may be going through in their lives and so i love you know i love take picking up a cause and many times uh, their challenges become my challenges, and, and I act as kind of like a, a Gandalf, you know, to help them through, through some of the things that they are going through. I think that every artist has a, they are like an, they're like writers. I mean, they are all of them are artists, but I think that each one has a story that they would like to tell. And, you know, I admit, you know, I, I think in my real life, sometimes I'm somewhat of a sensationalist um, and like I love like the drama of things. And so, um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
So I think that my story that I tell about people involves femininity, um, very much perhaps what we what we see is vulnerability. Um, my work tends to have a softness to it. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I think that one of the things I love to capture also is innocence uh, and allure, ex exactly. I love innocence and allure. And so I think that I've never photographed anyone with like anything with like blood or I've never I've never photographed or I've never created something where my subject appeared afraid, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I th I th and I think that we are all we all have a natural rhythm. And I think that when you choose an artist or anything or choose work for, of any type, any creative work, then you have to look at the person's, you know, natural tendencies. What do, what do they naturally gravitate to in their work? And I think that uh, for me, I tend to gravitate towards uh, perhaps maybe innocent, you know, innocence, vulnerability, maybe sensuality, uh, portraits of women. Hmm. That uh, makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Because um, it was one of the things that um, really when when I started to look at some of the, your work and um, you can check out a little bit of Leon's work at leonjohnsonphotography.org. Um, I was really stunned by some of these portraits. Um, really like they were just kind of jumping out of the, off of the screen at me. Sorry, I'm kind of a little lost for words because I'm both looking at them and just like <laughs> I'm in awe of them at the same time. Uh, I think the one that really caught me the most is the one of the, and I am not going to refer to this term correctly, so I'm going to just say um, a headscarf of some sort that looks to be like an amber color, okay. uh, who looks like she's praying, uh, has a little bit of some necklaces on. Um, there is, the, it's such a layered sort of picture itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one that really struck me the most for just, just made you want to stare at her and go, what is she looking at? Right. Um, so I think that you've captured a very layered sort of perspective of humanity all in one uh, one shot. Well, that that's very important that you recognize that. Um, so I think that one, as far as artistically, one of my, I, th I would say inspirations have been uh, what I would consider religious iconography so think of uh, if you go into the San, An San Antonio Museum of Art, you're mm -hmm. going to see many uh, paintings of the Madonna and, and child of Jesus, uh, things like things like that. You'll see tons of that. And during that during those times, like the best artists were employed very much by the Catholic Church. And uh, that's where you see uh, a lot of their creativity coming out. And one of the things you mentioned about, like, what is she looking at? That is so important to me, like when I'm working, is that it always has to feel real and plausible to me. Like, you know, I always, whenever someone's looking in a direction, I don't just accept that they're looking in, in, in a direction. I ask myself, well, what are they looking at and why? And, why, and what's their story? And so <clears throat> one of my, one of my um, mentors, he always preaches that in, that a, a photo or an image has a foreground, a middle ground, and a background, and it and it tells a story. 
And so he has these elaborate sets usually like, you know, and there's a story in each one of those levels. But it took me a while, but I realized and, and I accept that um, my story really is just about the subject. Um, my work, I would characterize it a little bit differently from other photographers because I would say that my work is very much more simple. Uh, I, I typically will have one subject or two subjects from a simple background. Um, I also tend to have them in what I would consider, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say vintage, but I would definitely say a type of clothing that is simple. Like I don't, you know, do modern clothing very much. If I do, you probably, it's not something that I advertise, maybe for headshots or something. Um, but I always try to with, so the, I always try to use the clothing, the gestures and expressions, and of course the appearance to transport the subject and especially the viewer to a different time in a different place to make you feel like that person uh, just came from a different place. And so I try to resist anything that uh, maybe detracts from that vision or from that maybe illusion in that sense. And so, you know, for example, there, there are a lot of, there's a photographer and she's in Paris. She's a friend of mine, and she she reproduces a lot of uh, Renaissance era portraits. But then she'll like include something like an iPhone, or she'll um, include like you know a, the person's you know like the Mona Lisa, but she's eating a, a bag of popcorn. So I mean, it, it, it's like little small little quirks like that, and that's definitely like her style. Uh, but <clears throat> I think that I really try to make you feel like this is a painting from you know a painter many years dead and i was going to say that it, it definitely reminded me a lot of the works of like rembrandt or uh, vermeer where you get this like central focus on the subject itself right. and then the rest of it is kind of like a muted or a somewhat dark sort of background to it and it's absolutely it's a very timeless look to it yeah they you know they have a uh... A term and it's in Italian. It's called chiaroscuro, which is basically mm -hmm. like you know light coming out of darkness. And so um, there's a German guy, and I can't remember his name, but he wrote a book and he talked about how different contrasts uh, capture our vision. And so you know he talks about shapes and directions and things like that and why those things capture our like attention. But also uh, we can think of the contrast between lightness and darkness uh so chiaroscuro is like you know a person who is well lit on a darker background and so like i'm very like i said i'm i'm mr simplicity here so like you know like i always have patterns it's either a dark person on a on a bright background or a or a brighter person on a darker background and that's that pattern follows itself i think throughout my work so definitely, like I look for, I I definitely am consciously thinking about, you know, honestly, I've I think it's more subconscious now. Um, I always will have a subject that I feel is is kind of stands out from the background. That's very important. You don't want someone who just like feels like part of the background, unless unless that's your intention, of course. Um, but yeah, I fully agree. 
Um, you said kind of the anachronistic things, uh, just kind of including those. I There is a YouTuber, and I cannot think of her name at the moment, but she did a recreation of this incredible Baroque dress. Okay. Um, and she wanted to have it photographed to mirror a like a Baroque painting. Mm -hmm. um, woman sitting in the library holding like a journal of some sort. Um, but she also talked with the photographer and wanted to modernize it a little bit. So in place of the the journal, they gave her an iPhone. She's has like her headphones wrapped around her neck. So you have this elaborately dressed with the full like powdered wig and everything and holding a bunch of anachronistic things. Right, right. So timeless in a different sense. Right. And I think that each, and I think, I mean, there are a number of photographers who have what I would consider like a similar like editing style, but everything that I, I, I could look at their work and look at my work. And I think that everything is so different. Um, one of my friends, Barbara Cardinale McFerrin, she does amazing work, but like, I think that her work, for, you know, for example, tends to focus on like ballerinas and maybe like young adults. Um, also, uh, like it, it's not apparent in the photo behind me, but also the eyes and the connection is, is a really large part of what I look for in a photo. I, I really, I, I'm really drawn to the eyes. You, you will rarely see much of my work where the person's, at least their face is not visible. Um, I think each one of us, like, you know, maybe in a, in a photo session, maybe I may take a thousand photos. Who knows? It's digital. So who cares? Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, don't judge me. <laughs> but um, definitely that editing process, we, we exert ourselves and our own creativity on so many different levels of our process. First of all, just like in the planning and the direction of the scene and in, and the subject. But then also when we are editing and culling our images, like, you know, I just photographed a, a mom and maybe I, I think with her, I took about 500 images. And so um, of those 500, I probably will narrow them down to about 50 or 75 images for her to see. But what will, I, what will those 50 or 75 be? Those 50 or 75 will be the images that speak to me and having and what I and have what I consider impact. And very early on, I remember one of my mentors, she told me that, you know, first of all, in any photo is impact. And so for me, that means like, you know, are they connecting with you? Are, can you see their face? Can you see their eyes? Is there an emotional response to to whatever they're doing? And And that for me is impact. And so uh, so in a way, even though she's choosing photos that she loves, she's still choosing photos amongst the ones that at least I say, okay, these are okay. <laughs> so, and uh, Emily, I think this is more a question for you because I don't ever think that you've asked and, um, or I don't think I've ever asked you, how do you whittle? Yeah. I, how do you whittle down, um, like. When you go from like all of these pictures that you've taken in a photo shoot, mm -hmm. how do you consolidate them down to a select few? Um, I use a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I use a sword. Um, and then once I get it down to like, like a 50 or 75, like Leon said, then I take out my dagger and take care of the rest. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, 
it's kind of like Leon said. If it doesn't speak to me, um, it it's it goes away. You know, and there's other imperfections that get called out too. You know, you get a little blurry, or you know, it it you know someone was blinking, things like that. You know, right. uh, they go away instantly because those are not things you want. But um, and it also depends on the photo shoot. Sometimes it's. Yeah a camera setting that, you know, I took the first 50 photos with the, you know, and I was like, eh, no, I came up with something better along the way. Cause yeah. I believe the first, at least for me, the first half hour of shooting with someone new, especially if someone isn't normally a model, it, sometimes it's just like icebreaker time where, yes. yeah, they're kind of getting used to it. So a lot of the first half hour of, of shots I take are garbage <laughs> and, and it's not anyone's fault. It's just, they're still warming up and um sometimes i am too so that's how i i hope that answered well, your question you, you know there someone told me that the first 40 images are crap yeah and i never tell my clients that um but i kind of i kind of plan that into it uh typically even before i photograph someone i have a an in-person consult with them where you know we flip through different inspirations uh, we flip through some of my work and it gives me an idea at least of like what that person would like for their photos i mean definitely you have different inspirations but then also you know maybe some people are conservative some people are not and so people are not open books so you don't especially with client a lot of my work is, is client-based and so People don't always, one, they don't always know what they want. And that's something that I'm comfortable with because that's probably the norm. Uh, but also they are not always forthcoming with like, you know, well, I'd really like to try this. And so it's my job in that consultation to really ferret that out, to really understand, uh, you know, what do they want their photos? What do they want their photos to say about them? Because for me, it very much is, I, I think that I look at every shoot in a way emotionally, except headshots, you know, but but definitely like with my work that I'm create where I'm creating something that I consider to be art. Um, I wanted to say something about that person because I want I wanted to last and I wanted to endure, you know, maybe generations. I want maybe that person's children and their children's children to look at it and say, you know, I wonder what she's thinking or I wonder who she was. And that's so important because I think that, like for me, if you've seen the Disney movie uh, Coco, um, that movie is about like you know uh, that's like so it's the day of the Mex celebrating the Mexican Day of the Dead, Dios de los Muertos, mm -hmm. and my some Spanish person said, Leon, you said that all wrong, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, the 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 concept is is that you continue to live in another world as long as people remember you and so very often like for me i have my mother's grandmother i don't remember her like i remember her but i only remember her through the stories that my mother gave me of her but i guarantee you when i pass on those stories will die with me because we don't have a visual reference of of her i don't have any pictures of her and so for many people, I see, I take it as kind of like my commission to create a portrait of them that will speak to generations. And I think that as long as you have a picture of yourself, people can look at that picture and they'll wonder about you. They'll ask themselves questions about you 
they'll wonder who you are and they'll they'll infer things from that photo as well you know and i just think of it like as an image you know because a lot of my things are styled like paintings right yeah very painterly I love that about your work. Thank you. Um, Sandra in the chat said, um, well, first of all, Tatiana joined us. And thank you for coming and being with us again. Thanks, we, ladies. Yeah, we interviewed Tatiana. She makes fairy wings. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, um, you'll have to check out that interview at some point, too. Um, Sandra said, are your photographs mainly in studio or do you do location shoots or nature shots? So I have I have a beautiful garden in my backyard. Oh, um, I can't take all the credit for it, but you know what? I'm owning it nevertheless. And I do take garden photos sometimes. Um, I start actually started out outdoors, and what uh, what kind of forced me indoors was like one living in San Antonio. San Antonio. I'm now in Augusta, Georgia. But San Antonio is on hell's doorstep about nine months out of the year. And so uh, you really don't want to be outside. And, and there are a lot of people who love outdoors. But just just imagine every day of the summer. And by summer, I mean, like, you know, April, April through like November. It's like, you know, 90 and 100 degrees out if you're lucky. Uh, and so it's like you get out of your car your makeup is melting, you got bugs around you, the kids are hot and they, they don't want to be there. I mean, that, and then it's always a recipe for disaster. I mean, I'm really serious about my work. And so it's like when it's, when I'm photographing outdoors, it's like we got to, I'm looking at the time that the sun is setting and I'm telling people to be here. I'm looking at the direction and the, the sun is going to filter through those trees over there and we're going to get that photo. Um, and so that's, that's very much me. And so uh, when I have people who are up to that caliber of like, you know, kind of involvement, then yeah, by all means, yeah, I, I shoot outdoors as well. But, you know, I, like I said, I do have a beautiful garden in, in my backyard and I've actually done family photos as well as individual portraits out there. Okay. And it's cool because I, I can just like, like, okay, now let's walk out my back door and voila, we're in the beautiful garden. So that's nice. That is wonderful. Yeah. So. Um, I would just like to comment and say, as a former Texan, uh, I can confirm San Antonio is at Hell's Doorstep, uh, and so is West Texas, but that's more like yes. in the armpit area. It's, yeah. The armpit it's, area. It, I'm armpit not even kidding. Area. It's dry, it's flaky, it's, uh, it's a whole bunch of just, yeah. Yeah. So, the, nice. <clears throat> excuse me, in, in Texas, the, the outdoor images that I, that I love to shoot are usually like in Castroville, which is like, um, you know, suburb of San Antonio, but it's in the Medina Lake. I mean, the Medina, Medina River. And so, you know, like I said, I really started out with, you know, girls in white dresses uh, or women in white dresses, you know. And so I really love photographing like women in white dresses near a river and flowing water is I mean, that's just amazing for me or even better take fabric and drape it around her. And, and then it becomes just something again from another time. And sometimes timeless too. Timeless, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I want people to look at it and say, "Well, not not really be able to readily say what time period that's from." Right, right. Um, Tatiana said, "I love the idea of creating multi generational photography." Yes. And yes. I mean, go ahead. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I lo I love it too. Um, I, I wish it a lot of and one of the things that I, I've started, I've started like a little thing that says bodies are beautiful. 
And I'm really encouraging people of all ages and generations to kind of celebrate who and what they are right now versus like, you know, a lot of times as we get into our 30s and 40s, you know, a lot of people, they spend their time wishing that they were 20 again. But I mean, we have to we have to move on and 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 we also have to look at where we are right now and not just think of our lives in the context of who we were when we were 20 or 18. And we have to move past that. Right. Um, Archer, who is our moderator, said, I have a picture of my grandfather playing cards with his friends when he was a teenager. And it tells me so much about who he was and not just the old person I knew when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I try to do that with people as well. And so I think that people choose me when they choose me as an artist. They choose me because of my vision. They choose me because of my inspirations. And I try to share those inspirations with them all the time. I mean, I have some favorites. Like, you know, of course, like I love like the painters uh, Matisse, Degas. Um, there's the, there's a painter called Chesterio. Uh So while I was in San Antonio, I did a Spanish painter series. Okay. And I did that because one, I love Spanish painters. And so then I, you know, also, of course, San Antonio has a very large and diverse community, but a lot of them are, are Latin as well. I love Matisse. Uh, and so what I did was I looked at all of these paintings uh, of Spanish painters or people of Hispanic origin. And I said, well, what are the components that I want to draw out of a paint of some of their paintings? And so, you know, in many cases, it was the styling, like the, the type of dress that they're wearing, the colors, the, you know, a lot of red, a lot of black, a lot of flamboyance. Uh, I also incorporated like red carnations in the hair. And so I had a 13 and 15 year old uh, sisters and I created for them, I think four portraits, two together and two uh, separate. By some of these and they loved them. I mean, the 15 year old, she says that she told me beforehand that she hates herself in portraits, but now their mom has like, you know, you know, four very special portraits of them uh, that will, I think that they will always be able to look back and say, wow, we are, we are amazing and we are beautiful in that. And, and now they are art, they're immortalized in, you know, a, a, a photo that looks like a painting. That's awesome. And I love that you said that they can look back at it and go, wow, I was, I was gorgeous. Right. Um, so one of the hey, things, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's one of the things that I have to say both to Emily and to you is that I think you both do an amazing job of that, of like, finding something that's gorgeous about the person that you're uh, photographing and then just bring that out. Um, Because I don't often think that people give themselves enough credit of how gorgeous they actually are. So, Trey, are you married? uh, No, but I am in love. So, so I can guarantee you that, you know, that, and, but you're wise beyond your years, if you know that, because, you know, spouses include my wife. Like, you know, if I tell her, like, "Wow, you're beautiful," she said, "Well, you you have to say that." So they really discount the <laughs> opinion of their of their loved ones. And so one of the things that I say is that I help people see the beauty that everyone else is telling them is there, but they can't always see, because you know, maybe maybe you're maybe a woman is not going to take the word of her husband or her kids because she thinks like, okay, they're biased. They live with me. 
But then it's like, you know, if she's when she sees herself in this beautiful portrait, that's something that, you know, like I think that seeing is believing. And so then she finally says, okay, now I see what you guys are talking about. You know, so I, I love doing that for people. I mean, and that's that again goes along with part of my personality of wanting to be of service um, to people. And, uh, you know, in many ways, my service is through, through photography and art. That is incredible. And that must make you feel good when they say something like that, too. It makes me feel great. Uh, I just came back from Las Vegas, and it, you probably hear it in my voice a little bit. But um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I, I, I was in Las Vegas for a photographer's conference. It's like a trade show. Mm-hmm. But there's a girl who I've been who I, I kind of like had corresponded with her probably for the last like six years. And we were just like Facebook friends. And she's I think she was a model and and then and then she had like two kids. And so she told me recently, like a year ago, that like, you know, how she had stopped modeling because uh, she was a little bit less secure with her body because her body changed, you know, between, you know, no kids and then two kids later. And so when she found out I was coming to Las Vegas, she booked a shoot with me and uh, we did these, these images and she loved them. I mean, but what really was beautiful to me is that you know she i mean she saw instead of, instead of seeing herself as like oh wow look at those rolls or look at that extra weight she saw the beautiful curves that she had and she saw herself as a thing of beauty and not as you know not in a critical way so you know i i know a lot you know as a photographer i know a lot of women they don't like their arms and they don't like the rolls but then when it's like when they can see those rolls like on you know, a, a statue or of Aphrodite or Venus and or, you know, something Roman or Greek inspired and then see themselves and, and they say, wow, I look just like that. It's like then that becomes like a thing of beauty and not like a source of, you know, something for them to criticize themselves about. And, it, and I think it's a source of pride, too, because it's like once you see yourself and your potential, I think that it really helps you just like stand a little taller and like, you know, walk with your chest out a little bit. Yeah. Was there a moment or a, a certain photo shoot or was there some kind of, I guess, moment is the word I'm looking for that happened for you when you changed from, you changed from cosplay photography to this magnificence. Was there a moment where you where it clicked for you and you were like, yes, this is what I need to be doing? Hmm. Was there a moment? I don't know if there was any aha moment. Okay. Uh, so I think that I started out kind of doing my own thing. Then, like, for a while I was doing Sue Bryce education. And I know that, well, I, I can definitely say that Sue has had, and Sue is a friend of mine. And I can definitely say that she gave me the confidence to be myself. And that's a that's saying that's a huge thing. Um, so many artists out here. So why do people become photographers? I, I, I heard a, a joke over the weekend. And so I, I hear that, like, you know, OK, all these people are who are photographers This is by Gary Hughes. And I'm going to mess this joke up. <clears throat> but he says all these photographers, they they chose photography because they you know, maybe they, you know, they're either a, a, a realtor in training or like they're going to be a realtor or they used to be a realtor. And it seems like like many times people choose 
photography and being a realtor as like quote unquote maybe like easy or accessible jobs and so many times people when they are looking at like photography in general they they want a means to the end they want like okay i just want to take be able to take this portrait and 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 take it just like this so they they they're they just want to create something just like someone else um but i think that like with and so in other words so they, there's no creativity in it and but you know it is important you know definitely to have both balance within you know the creative side but also the business side uh but i think that sue bryce one of the things that she kind of gave me the confidence to do is that you know like your style doesn't have to match everyone else's you can be unique with your work and you can be unique in your approach and people will connect and identify with that you'll find your tribe uh i think that my tribe and my the people who really come to me are people who are romantic you know they see themselves romantically but maybe they don't maybe they don't they haven't lately seen themselves romantically and so uh, I think that like people come to me sometimes to help them get the groove back in a way and to to be able to once again fall in love with the person that they that they are that they are and that they've become. And I think that people I think that my ideal clients, they love art. They're romantic people. They are in a way maybe a little bit idealistic um, and they see the good in people because that's that's what I do. I think that I see the best in people and i and i think that most people are good intentioned um and that's what i i think that's what i choose to see in people as well and i think that when i that trend that bleeds into my art as well in the sense that <clears throat> i think that i see <clears throat> a sort of beauty in everyone and through art through uh, the work that i do with them i'm i'm showing them the beauty that i see you know, and, and it's believable. It's believable. I think so. So yeah. Tatiana asks, do you ever do personal projects? And if so, do you prefer personal projects over client work? So that's a great question. I So I'll tell you my honest and personal opinion. Um, I do both. I do, a, I mean, a lot, to be honest, all of my work is a personal project, or at least it started that way. Um, because I, I firmly believe that you have to show people what you want, what you want them to buy. And as an artist, I started creating the beautiful work that I see. And then like when I create it, then someone comes to me and says, wow, like I, I want a photo like that, or I want to create something like that. And many times people come to me with the weird, not really weird ones, but like maybe the things that they thought were not doable before. I, I, I had one girl, her grandmother posed for a painting many years ago. She was reclining like on a on a couch. And she says, hey, I want to do something like that. So we recreated that and then the painterly style. And so that was, uh, you know, that's like an amazing portrait of her that, you know, she's following a tradition of her grandmother. So with my personal work, I think that I tend to I think that I'm more, a little bit more dogmatic about like, you know, maybe the content. What I realize is that we all have something that we want, even our subjects. So like even sometimes like I do a lot of personal work and and with people who I who I've worked with locally and just like like people from all over. Uh, typically, 
people who I think people who choose to do personal work with me are people who I think already love my style. They see they see paintings and the same art and they're inspired by them and they love them and they they see them in a romantic way. And um, I think that those people uh, rightly choose the artists based upon their work. You know, you wouldn't, I don't think that anybody sees my work and says, wow, I bet that guy could really photograph a house. You know, that's, that's probably not happening. Um, but if I, I will for like 10 grand, you know, so I'll photograph the oh, heck yeah, out of it. Yeah, why not? Why not? So, but I think we have to choose the tool for for the job, definitely. And, and, and so with my personal work, I tend to recreate paintings. I tend to do things that like I'm inspired by. And it's usually very, I'm, I'm probably, I probably have sort of an intention deficit in that like I get inspired by something and I want to create it right now. So there are a few people who are my, my so-called right now people who I can call up and say, Hey, let's recreate this. And yeah, those are really important to me because ultimately the, uh, the right now people, they are people who I, who then I help to inspire the masses who see my work and then say, wow, I've never thought of that. I didn't know that something like that could exist. I think I want something like that for me, you know? I, yeah, I, I can relate to that. I want to do it right now. <laughs> That's so the, yeah. So the portrait behind me, you can't see it. There's a girl she has on kind of like a cropped uh, shirt and it's probably comes above the bus line, but like you could see, she has bare shoulders, mm -hmm. bare uh, décolletage, the collarbones, the neck, um, a little bit of cleavage. And she also has like kind of a scarf on her head. Now, I talked a little bit about, you know, maybe transforming and transporting uh, the viewer, but also like uh, have, you know, having it be believable. So just a little bit of uh, inside uh, the the top that she's wearing is actually from that company Shein, the Chinese company. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the 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 scarf that she's wearing on her head that that looked very Dutch to me. Uh, that is actually like I think they call it like a flower sack or something like that. It's yeah. it's basically something that you could take and fold into a diaper. It, it's a, it's like a cotton square. And mm -hmm. so I just folded it and I tied it underneath her hair, and then we part her hair down the middle. And voila, it's like, you know, it feels like it's coming out of a painting. Yeah. And that, that even that part down the middle, that's something that you, you'll see a lot in the times, uh, in those times of like those paintings, like, you know, from the late 1800s, you know? So it, it's like, you have to take components from the art and to help make it believable, you know? I would say that's very timeless though. I love that one in particular that you're describing. This episode is sponsored by Henderson's Hearth. You know, it's clear that Amy over at Henderson's Hearth puts so much heart into the ingredients in her creations. They're healthy, easy to prepare, things like soups, bread mixes, jams, and just like Sam Hewn, steeped in Celtic tradition. The ingredients are either grown by her or acquired locally and prepared in small batches. One of the products that caught my eye early on was the orange ginger marmalade. 
It reminded me so much of growing up with the Paddington Bear series that I knew I had to order it. If you've ever wanted to know the secret to talking bears, their orange marmalade is exactly what I imagine is worth keeping an emergency sandwich under your hat for. And while I don't have a hat that could hold a marmalade sandwich, I can put some on a delicious slice of their Irish brown bread. And what do you know? With their bread mix, I made it myself. And that pairing is just so hearthy. Oh, that was punny. <laughs> no, that was good for the soul. Just like their soup mixes. Oh, no, you did it again. <laughs> actually though i can totally vouch for this because the soups are so delicious i tried the beef and barley which was hearty and the henderson soup mix which is one i've never even heard of before um it was so good it's their take on a scottish recipe with lentils brown rice split peas and barley and all of their things are perfect for any gathering including the one you have alone with your cat in a good book by the fire oh and did i mention the mulled cider spices oh so good Oh my mm. gosh. Pretty much all the items at Henderson's Hearth are vegetarian friendly, and so many are vegan friendly too. So, thank you, Henderson's Hearth. Do you name your portraits at all? Like, especially your personal projects? Do they end up with names or? Sometimes, sometimes. And, and it's very much like whatever inspires me at the moment. Okay. Uh, I used to write poetry and, you know, I'll say I, I don't write poetry recently, but uh, definitely that artistic, you know, like whatever comes to mind, you know, that that spark is still there. And um, I love like, you know, like the way that like, you know, people like Degas, you know, how they how they would title their entitle their paintings like, you know, a girl at the bath type yeah. of thing. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. Um, and, you know. Like it's it's probably you know when people think about a lot of the portraits that we see from that period those periods, a lot of them are not realistic. I mean, you know, some of them are like okay, you know, oh a girl wanders into a forest and falls asleep nude in the forest and some angel comes down. I mean, that's not really realistic, but I, I still think it's very romantic. And so I think that the people who can identify with that, they they definitely are romantics and not as much concerned with maybe like reality in that sense. Um, I do sometimes name uh, the portraits, uh, but I, I feel like they all have their own spirit to them, you know, especially the stuff that I've created, uh, you know, that's really a part of my personal work. Uh, my personal work sometimes, but not always, like, you know, or I would say that my what I do for clients is most times inspired by personal work. It's tough to... Um, you know, many times I think clients come with, for lack of a better word, an agenda. They want, you know, this type of portrait or that type of portrait. Uh, and, but sometimes I will get clients who say, Leon, I want to give you artistic freedom and just, you know, take me and photograph me as you will. Like, you know, kind of create with me whatever you see. And that's usually something where, um, like I will do something a little bit more creative uh, versus just like, you know, creating something based upon something that I've done before. But it takes a lot. I mean, to be honest, that takes a lot of trust on both sides. Um, you know, you can imagine like, you know, 
how can you as a woman, you know, or how does a woman, you know, take a, per- a person, an artist and say, do with me as you will. I mean, not not in any, any weird way or anything, but it, it you know, you're kind of <clears throat> you're kind of um, exposing yourself to their creativity and because you never know what you know, what if you feel like you have a bad side and they say, I want to photograph that side of your face, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or what if you, you know, many people people have insecurities about and so for me I'm one of those people that uh when I find the insecurities I love to photograph them and create with them it's like oh you know I don't like my stomach because I had like a c-section like yes I found (laughs) you know or I have this scar and I'm like yes um I love to I love to find the insecurities and help people love them to be honest um wow do I name them? Yeah, sometimes I name them. And sometimes I have some really, like what I would consider, you know, creative work and soulful work, you know. Um, yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Trey. Oh, no. Um, there have been many times that um, I have been the person that's just like filling in as a model. Mm-hmm. Um, not many times, because I will admit, I'm, you know, I am no model. It's, it's um, the did you just hear anything Leon said? <laughs> I'm weird. Hello, and this is a PSA from the Modern Romantic. We do believe here in mental health services, and we do recommend that you speak to a therapist. Uh, I'm currently going through therapy. Um, so it there, there are a lot of layers to work with here. Um, Matrey, you put on a loincloth, and that changes everything. <laughs> There ain't no way in hell's <laughs> handbasket that I'm ever putting on a low and cloth. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. On our way to Scotland, where we're going uh-huh. to go see Scott Mitchell, who's going to give you the Diego the Dinosaur tattoo, we're going to uh-huh. fly through Atlanta <laughs> anyway, right? So I think <laughs> that on our way through Atlanta, we ought to stop at Leon's. <laughs> Emily, I feel like this is a setup to like make the lowing cloth happen, and that's no. Emily, Emily's got a long game. Yeah, see, like, I mean, you just heard what? Have you heard anything Leon said? You look great. It'll be fine. But you, you know, just like Trey has those feelings, like that of maybe, maybe they're in a way like inadequacy, or you know, the 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 common. I guess hurdles that I that I see, inadequacy, feelings of inadequacy, uh, feelings of well, I'm not going to be beautiful in this photo, or like I can't take a good photo. And I always love that challenge. I'm like, hold my beer, you know. <laughs> like I, I love for people to challenge me that like they can't take great photos. Uh, I love just jumping all into that. You know, I'm I'm a contrarian. I love underdog stories, and so I'm like, let's do it. Uh, but you know th- those are common, and um, I think that people really feed off of my passion. And San- Sandra asked, uh, "How do you put a client at ease if they're appearing too stiff for the shoot?" Uh, to be honest, it is through connection. Like, so I say that I meet with people. I usually meet with people for about an hour to kind of, you know, to talk about their shoot beforehand. This is this is like days or weeks before their shoot. Uh, before their session, and I will talk to them. We we nail down the concepts that we're doing. Uh, I pull out the garments that and say, "Hey, look at this garment. This is what you're what you're going to be wearing." 
Uh, we go down into the details, like even like, you know, some of the garments, like if they're white, you know, we talk about undergarments because you don't want to wear those polka dot granny panties <laughs> underneath the, the white dress. Right. Um, and so we get into that level of detail. So one in one on one level, Sandra, I try to make sure that each one who comes into my studio, they're like super prepared. They know exactly what they're going to encounter. They, they're in the place that they're going to be photographed. They know that my makeup and hairstyles is going to be there doing, making them look amazing. Um, I also, you know, if you haven't figured it out, I'm a talker. So I, I really talk to people and I, I always will add about 30 minutes of talk time for me, you know, cause I, you know, I want to know who people are. I want to know, you know, about their kids. What are some of the things that, inspire them what do they love what do they hate who are they i mean these are all things that i want to know about that person so that you know when they come in for their session we can kind of connect i want to know about what kind of music they like what kind of music they hate uh i always play music in my during my sessions um many times it is a mix of like stuff that i love um it's you know arabic music it's music of that's in kurdish uh, I have a, you know, there's a guy, his name is Rashid Taha. He's an Algerian and he has like a cover for Rock the Casbah, but it's in Arabic, you know, it's in uh, Algerian Arabic. And so um, I love like, you know, things that play different instruments and feel in a way exotic because I think that that music allows you to kind of feel like you're in a different place in a different time. And it's, and I love to encourage people to, allow their creativity to come out in like a safe space. And that's tough. It's tough. You know, I'm a guy. So it's like a woman could choose any other woman to do this with. But uh, I think that they feed and they believe in my passion and my vision. And I mean, and it requires a lot of trust from them. And also, like, I think that any artist, it requires a lot of trust from me as well. The reason I say that is that we all like when you are sharing your art with people, you are sharing a maybe part of your subconscious, a, a part of yourself that you don't share with most people. We all have an inside voice that, you know, when we see things, we says, oh, man, that's ugly. Or, you know, it says stuff that we don't share in public. And I think that art is one of those things. It's, it's one of those inner emotions that uh, it comes from our subconscious. It's it's what we love. You know, we, we're pouring a little bit of our love, our creativity and who we are into our work. And so imagine wanting to, like, just put that in front of the world. And then they say, oh, that's that's stupid or that's that's ugly or, you know, I don't like that. How about you put like, you know, a jean skirt over that? You know, like, I mean, you, there's so many different things. And so it, it requires a trust from me as an artist to share you know, what my vision is with that person. And I take the chance of them ridiculing it, uh, of criticizing it. So, it, you know, it, I think that there definitely is a vulnerability on both sides because my subjects, I think that when they share their insecurities with me, they're definitely being vulnerable. Uh, but we understand we have a common goal of making them look and feel amazing and, and, and capturing that in a portrait. You know, and, you know, it's something that whenever they look back, they can look at that portrait on their wall or in their album and say, wow, I look amazing. And and 
you know, it looks like them. It doesn't look like anybody else. Like, you know, it's part of the simplicity for me is that all of these people, they look like themselves. They don't look like other people in, the, in their photos. So there's not like, you know, that feeling like, oh, well, I look good because of the makeup. You know, the makeup is really, it's very minimal. It's very natural. And, you know, they're, they're all going to look like themselves in the end, just like, you know, as if they had like, you know, full 24 hours of sleep and, you know, added some moisturizer and things to their skin. And so. Well, then Leon, you officially have a challenge. I would book a session with you. Oh man. Um, uh, I would book a session with you. <laughs> and if you can make me love the way that I look in that photo, yeah. I will eat my words and then oh, some. Get ready to eat some crow, man. (laughs) I love it. You know, I I honestly love what I do. I I love what I do. And really, it it really is just like an an elaborate dress up game. It's like, you know, because you're just taking the visions and the things like, wow, wouldn't it be great to create that? And I actually get to do that. I, I actually get to do that with people. And then other people see it and they're like, hey, Leon, here's a lot of money to do that. So it's like, wow, yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely living the dream and being able to kind of create, to be a, a, to kind of engage my creativity and then also people pay me for it. So that's really the dream. Yeah. Um, so to, to backtrack in the chat a little bit, um, Archer said, loincloth is one step on the way to a great, a great kilt. And yes. Sandra said, wish we were closer. You sound fabulous. My daughter's graduation photo shoot was so different from that. And she was stiff throughout the session. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that. Like, I actually have a friend. He's an old army buddy of mine. And his daughter was 17, turning 18. She's a senior. And I did a session for her. Now, um, I think that, you know, for her, definitely, uh, <clears throat> she wanted something a little bit different. And I, I say bravo to her parents, you know, with wanting to have photos uh, of her. Uh, I think that really I try with seniors. I think that people are stiff when when they feel like they're being subjective to these photos. Like, oh, my gosh, my mom wants photos, so I guess I have to do it. So I really try to find out, like, something. I try to bring them into the into my passion. I try to show them my work and find their interests and, and see what, like, wow, would you like to see yourself that way? Um, you know, and of course, uh, you know, with seniors, of course, it has to be something age appropriate. But uh, like, definitely, like, she created, so we created some amazing photos of her. Uh, even the girl, like, behind me in this portrait, um, at the time of her portrait, I think she was like 18 or 19. So to be able to look back and to say at any time in your life, that wow, mom was beautiful. I mean, I think that's amazing. And I, I love taking women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s and creating beautiful portraits with them because I, I see them as beautiful too, but they don't always see that in themselves. So we all have our challenges. There's a photographer that I once followed on a previous, um, previous TikTok account, and I cannot find them for the life of me, um, but they would do what they call the goddess shoots. Yes. Um, where, and they were contacted by a woman in their like sixties, and I don't, I don't quite remember if it was their own grandmother or, like, unbeknownst to her, she just kind of booked a shoot with her. Mm-hmm. Point being, is that on the day of the shoot, 
um, showed up, had a lot of feelings of inadequacy and that sort of thing, and wound up taking some of the most stunning pictures of a close to 80-year-old that I think that I have ever seen. And very, very simple, standing out in the middle of a cornfield, uh, wearing um, like a sundress of some sort, and just looked incredible. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for making me think of that memory, because, yeah, we need more things like that. Right. And if she can do it, you can too, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what? <laughs> and like, I love you, but also the loincloth's not going to happen. Stop. <laughs> um, Credence said, uh, Trey's Zan in a, like Tarzan, Trey's Zan in a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, you don't have to loincloth it. I'm not going to push that. You do what you're comfortable with. I was just saying, like, I think you could do a photo shoot and it would yeah. be wonderful. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm I think not anybody could, that. you know. And <laughs> I think that anybody can can create something. And you know, guys, I think they don't always I, mean, I am a guy, so but like I think that we don't always see ourselves in the same way. Um and you know, one of the things that I feel is that guys don't always we are not as maybe self-conscious in the sense that I think that for many women, a lot of their identity is tied into their, their, how they see themselves and how they, you know, view their appearance. And so, uh, you know, like, you know, as a guy, you know, like we, we generally, maybe we don't care. And, and even honestly, the way that we photograph guys is different. Um, when we, when people edit guys, instead of removing the wrinkles and, and, what I would consider softening them, people, they add clarity, which, you know, makes them look more, you know, more distinct and rough. And so it's, it's a polar opposite to what and how we portray women, I think, in, in our work. And I love doing kind of like androgynous things as well, where, you know, maybe you take a girl and like, you know, you're like, I, I've done a session with her in like a blazer and a top hat. And I I love doing things like that, you know, and, and then I also will will also edit it in the same way. So it's like, you know, it's it's very androgynous in that sense. I love that. Yeah. So you also are an educator. You told me before about some um, I, I'm going to probably use the wrong word, but conferences or conventions that you. Right. T- can you tell me a little bit about that? I think it all stems from my passion uh, for art. And so there are a lot of people. I am an educator in the sense that, um, you know, I have a sponsor. I'm an ambassador for Stella Pro Lights. And they're, they are a constant light. And so believe it or not, the light that's on me right now is one of their lights. It's it's both a photography and video light. And it's cool because it's flickerless. So that's important with video. You don't have that flicker. Um I think that a lot of people, maybe they don't see themselves as, as quite being artistic. And a lot of times they need help, maybe even some in some ways validation to help them take that first step. I think that I needed it. I, and Sue Bryce is someone who gave me that confidence to take that first step and to believe in myself as an artist and to do something that was a little bit different. And so I think that a lot, so I'm an educator both with like the light on the lighting side and people who are getting into photography and learning how 
how you know light will make a situation different you know versus different types of moods but also uh i have a course which is teaching like my painterly editing style and in that one i don't know if you guys have ever heard of the there's a photographer her name is irene rudnick she's one of like my favorite photographers she's in calgary and she's the canon i think they call them like you know canon person of light or something like that yeah. i don't know what they call them but um she's she's an amazing photographer very feminine mostly outdoor images of women and so uh i think what was i why, why did i even mention that um what was your question again you were Emily? talking about teaching okay teaching voila <laughs> so uh i think that my work and her work we definitely create you know we share that femininity and sensuality mm -hmm. and softness but then also like a lot of people want to learn like my editing style like what what am i doing technically to take a portrait of a person and then creating skin tones and and tones in the background that then make it look and feel like a painting and right. that that's something that i've teaching and so i mentioned irene because she was actually one of my subjects uh for 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 the images that i edited in my course so i take three images of three different people and i edit them from beginning to end and talk about the why you know why did i choose this background why did i choose this garment uh what are all what am i thinking as i'm going through and editing this and so that's i think that that's always important because you know you know disclaimer like with my work it's never just I do X, Y, and Z, and then I'm at the end. Um, it's always a process by which you're looking at things, you know, you're looking at everything and you're making judgments, artistic judgments, like, hmm, I need a little bit more of this color in the skin, or I need a little bit more of that. And you're doing that as you go. So it's, it's nigh impossible for me to try to like when I'm editing, if I'm editing like multiple images and I have to do them the same way, I tell people ahead of time that it's very likely that they're not all going to look the same. Uh, if I want them to look the same, I really do have to edit like all three or all four at the same time. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any like big dream projects you'd like to work on or? Oh, that's a big question. And, yeah. you know, it's really, I mean, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm always trying to figure out what are, what are my next dreams and what, are, like, uh, there's so many paintings and things like that, that I love to create. Um, I just met in Las Vegas, a Australian, she's an Iranian, Australian uh, photographer. Wow. And her name is Farooq Yavari. And, and it's like F-O-R-O-U-G-H space yavari that's like y-a-v-a-r-i i believe okay and she's won like this comp this f photographic competition as a grandmaster many times but she is one of those people that really speaks in her work uh about like social injustices uh she talks about women's rights being from iran she has a lot to talk about uh but i love her i love her creativity i love her passion for her work and so I've corresponded with her, even though she's in Australia, yay for the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've corresponded, I mean, yeah, I didn't write 
snail mail. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been corresponding by snail mail for many years. I, I would, uh, that that's so romantic of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was great to meet her and just to hear a little bit about what she does and like, like some of her projects, she'll photograph them and they might take six months to a year to kind of actually go from her photographing it to a final product. And there's so much thought into it. I'm, I'm more of that 80% solution type of person who wants to, I see an image, I see an inspiration and I want to create it. There are a lot of things that I still, you know, have in my mind. Like, so we have, I have a lot of the paintings like by Matisse, uh, by Amadeo Modigliani, um, by um, Gustav Klimt. You know, I, I, I have a book of uh, drawings by Gustav Klimt. And so sometimes I love creating a series because it's something that people can identify with. So I remember there was someone else in the, you know, who loved Matisse. And so if you love his work and wow, wouldn't that be a great opportunity to see yourself in something that's inspired by his work? And so... I guess in a lot of ways, I'm still taking inspiration from other great artists. Uh, and then I sprinkle some of me in there. You know, I sprinkle some of my creativity and and maybe something that makes me a little bit different in there. So qu your, your question was, do I have a big project? Well, or any uh, have, dream projects that you... Yeah, I have lots of ideas. Like, I mean, of course, Paris is my favorite city. I would do anything in Paris and it'll be a dream. Like, I yeah. love Paris. But... Um, I, I've told myself that I want to do more composite work. Uh, and so right now, like, like some of the things that some of the things that I'm proud of right now uh, are what I consider complex scenes. And so uh, what to, I've done a few of these lately. And it's like, you know, you see this easel behind me. So I love like, for example, the um, scene from Titanic, like the paint me at, as one of your French girls. Yeah. And so what I did was like, I actually had a, a model and I had her as the subject. I also had her as the artist composited in as the artist. And she had a blank canvas, but the canvas was actually a charcoal drawing of her. So she kind of appeared in the image three times, you know, and oh. I mean, and so I mean, for me, it was just like amazing when I'm able to realize um, something that I've seen before or to have that, you know, because that's really like almost like art imitating life. And so I feel, you know, it's, it's very rare for you to see the artist in like physically in the work. And I thought it was a special thing to be able to include an artist in there because then it's like you're, you're, you are kind of like from the viewpoint of a third person like watching this artistic process happen. So that's almost like an, an art imitating life type of thing. You know, I'm able to, you know, capture, like, you know, maybe from that, you know, that relationship between the artist and the subject and, and the magic that happened, you know, between the two of them. So that, that's a theme. So I, I think that I have those themes in mind versus like, you know, like one, like very discernible and detailed big project. Okay. And then do you have any advice for anybody who wants to start out? Anybody who wants to be yeah. Leon Johnson? <laughs> First you got to change your name, Leon. Uh, so um, if, if you're just starting out, I, I'd say that definitely I'm, 
I'm a very prolific photographer. I, I photograph people like every week, hmm. like literally like every week I'm out photographing someone. Uh, I say that go out there and make mistakes. Go out there and do things wrong because you'll learn from it. You'll learn something. Maybe you won't learn. Maybe you won't achieve the look that you were looking for, but you'll learn something each time. Um, I say go out there, try things that you haven't done, have a, have objectives, you know, look at things from different perspectives, you know, like, should I photograph this from a high angle, or from a low angle, from the right side or from the left side? What if I change the light to the opposite side? Do things unconventionally. Uh, I'm a firm believer that we learn more from experience than sometimes we do from instruction. So many times when I'm coaching and mentoring people, I am teaching them how to be a scientist. Like I said, I started out as an engineer. So I'm teaching them how to conduct an experiment, how to make observations and to learn from what, what they are doing as they go along. Uh, someone remarked to me, um, well, Leon, you're, you're telling like all your secrets here. And I'm like, I don't have any secrets. I, I do have secrets, but you know, <laughs> they're not in my work. It's like, um, I think that like people will take the tools that I teach and the methods and they'll go and produce what they love. Like, you know, there are some people who now have taken my work and applied it to dogs, to kids, to, you know, to, to whatever, to horses. And so I think that that's great because then it's like, you know, I'm inspiring them, but also, you know, giving them the confidence to go out there and do what they love and to, and to make mistakes. So if, if I were to give anyone advice, I would say, uh, follow your heart, um, do what you love and let your heart kind of guide you as far as what you, as far as your passion, because people will identify much more with your passion than they will just with technical ability. People hire people who they know, like, and trust. And so that trust will come. And someone asked about how do you get people to feel more comfortable? Mm -hmm. It's because they see the passion I have for my work. Uh, and they see how determined I am to create beautiful portraits of them. And so who can disagree with that? Right. The results speak. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think it's a very common thing. Um, and multiple photographers that we've had on the podcast have all said, you know, a similar concept of like, you're giving away your secrets. Um, and Emily, I think you commented on it that, you know, there are there are some people who want to guard the secrets, but those who are who help others grow and are not gatekeeping certain secrets right. and are very open about that foster a better sense of community with that. Absolutely, and I think that is incredible. And it's um, not natural. It's not. I think it's very natural to want to be like I guess possessive and maybe a little bit territorial <clears throat> about your your skills, and so. Definitely, I think that um, the instincts as an educator are going to be different from your instincts as maybe as an artist. Not art, I don't think most, I don't think that artist and educator are synonymous. Uh, many times, like, you know, I have a friend who is getting his work in the galleries and very much like, you know, some of the advice he ha has been given is like, you know, don't show your stuff don't show the world your work, you know, so it has to be the rarity of your work that that we have to see in the gallery, not like, oh, we don't want 
to it to be common. Mm-hmm. And so really as an educator, you, you are really sharing your passion with people. You're sharing what you've learned, uh, what you, from your experiments, from your, from your time doing something. Um, and it's very different from maybe the artist who wants to, you know, maybe protect their work from, you know, I, I honestly, I'm one of those people that don't believe that anybody can imitate you. Yes. Nobody can imitate Emily with what she does. If Emily has built like a Lego Millennium Falcon, I don't think that anybody <laughs> can do it. It's going to be un- it's going to be special. No one else can do that. Right. And so even with me, like, I I teach my like my techniques and my workflow and everything like that. And but you know what? There's nobody who's going to like capture what I capture better than me. Right. You're and the that's only one with your vision. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so that's that's what I believe in. And that's why I do teach, because like I, I still feel like I'm going to be unique, you know, and if someone once goes to that, <clears throat> maybe to that uh, to that length to imitate me, it's like, OK, they're <clears throat> they're fighting. They're fighting an uphill battle. They're trying to be me where they should just be themselves. Yes. <clears throat> now, that doesn't say that we don't take we don't take uh, inspiration from other artists. I, I firmly believe that we we can and should take inspiration from other artists, even imitate, even give our give our own what I would consider version of art. Mm-hmm. But you, not every photographer feels that way. They feel that, you know, the sometimes you'll hear people like I told this person about my idea and what did they do? They went and shot it. <clears throat> And so I'm like, I'd be like, great. Then I can learn from their mistakes. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel like there's nobody who's going to capture it like me. And that's my firm belief. Like a lot of people, they think that a location is their secret. Like, oh my gosh, I have this secret location. And okay, but it's like, you know, that's never gonna, like, I think the secret in the, is in here. And until they remove your heart, they're not going to find your secrets. Don't get any ideas, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Leon, I just have to say, I, I want to say uh, thank you for sharing for sharing your insights. I There are very few times that I feel encouraged to do things like genuinely encouraged. And I think tonight's Morning episode... Clock. you better stop uh but i do want to say i feel encouraged to do to step out of my boundaries sometimes and i think this was one episode um that genuinely i do feel encouraged to do that so um for that i want to say thank you so much for being on with us tonight thank you for sharing your passion i think that is incredibly apparent anyone who listens to this um please go book a session with leon please go check out his work um his socials will be tagged in this episode um and are do you do you have a an instagram that you'd like to share with us or on instagram i'm lj portraits that's l as in leon and j as in johnson so i'm lj portraits perfect thank you everyone and have a miss frizzle day take chances make mistakes get messy do it that's right just do it (laughs) thanks everybody have a good night good night bye